Let's do what it. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we have a very special virtual guest. Tony's going to introduce him. This is Max Colton Tuning. There he is. Uh, he is most, I mean, he's got like 350,000 plus YouTube subscribers. He owns a candy company. I'm uh, most known for Sour Strips. I actually figured out the legal name of the LLC, but we won't announce that here. And then also an apparel company. Uh, our our videographer, Cody, has known Max for a while. He's been following him, got us this opportunity to interview him. I'm super excited to pick Max's brain, figure out everything that he knows because he's crushing it at YouTube, crushing it at business, entrepreneurship. And we're really excited to have you on, Max. Thanks for coming, man. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, I'm ready to give the people some some knowledge, some entertainment, some dumb responses to simple questions. It's going to be a good time. Did you borrow that from Ty Lopez? Knowledge. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't heard. I forget about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody. Don't worry. Everybody, everybody else did, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you affiliated with Tiger? fitness at all i saw an advertisement pop up and it had your name on it when i went on youtube it looked like maybe you're doing an affiliate or like a 10-day challenge or something with them recently you saw that they must have just used your name in the advertisement i don't know i have not worked with i have not worked with tiger fitness in seven years <laughs> so well, they have been using your name to still push their ads you know what dude some people be like, oh, I got to go after me. I'm like, you know what? I had a good experience. Let them, you know, whatever if it helps their business, man. It's not interfering with what I'm doing. Go ahead. Awesome. Well, uh, so how, how did you get, what was your first big break? Because from what I could see, it looked like you came from Virginia area. It looked, you kind of looked like you kind of grew up like middle-class, uh, nice neighborhood, that sort of thing growing up as a kid. And then it looked like maybe you moved to Texas. And so how did you go from just being a kid from somewhere to becoming a serial entrepreneur and getting into different things? How did I become the cool guy that I am now? Well, <laughs> let's go back a little bit, you know. So, yeah, I mean, Virginia born and raised, that's where like most of my family is. I have a, I have a pretty small family. You could fit everyone that's related to me like at a single dinner table and um uh for the most part they're still in virginia and you know i i went to college at virginia commonwealth university graduated business administration management and it really was and that was 2013 and right at right in 2013 was when i um decided to go down the path of social media started making youtube videos because i met another buddy of mine who was already kind of in the space and you know Flash forward, I was just kind of doing whatever I thought I could do to grow my social media. I was working a full-time job at the exact same time. So for the first three years of my YouTube channel, I also was uh, working a corporate desk job. And, you know, I ended up moving a little more north uh, right outside of D.C. Uh, in 2000 and I guess like late 2017, early 2018, and then um, moved up there with my brother. So I worked in a remote office from my job and where I was from. I worked in, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. And it wasn't until about and then and then in 2000 and, 2016. Shoot, my numbers are way off then on, my, on the dates. 
2016 was the year that I quit my job. So it was like 2015 that I moved uh, to Northern to up there. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, I was balancing both the social media and the full-time job. And it kind of got to the point after tracking my finances for a certain period of time, about a year of making sure that the income was sustainable, um, that it was kind of a calculated risk. I had a little safety net in the bank. I made the leap in July, almost seven years ago. Uh, to this day. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a wild ride since then. And I, I moved to Texas uh, towards the end of 2018. And that was really to seize some opportunities for a lot of the entrepreneurs that were here in, here in the area. And it's been the best move. I've met a lot of great people, met my current girlfriend, and I think I'm here to stay. Love it. That's a lot. <laughs> um, So there's a lot of people, honestly, they're getting an entrepreneurship. Obviously, it's a big thing right now. So um, you honestly went into it in a very similar way that I did. I was in car sales, uh, was doing car sales, and then we got into, you know, flipping houses. Um, and then basically, like, it, the flipping the houses kind of pulled me out of it based on the income that it was producing. Yeah. Um, what would you suggest that other people do? Like, if they're thinking about quitting their job or whatever and going into, you think that they should have that side hustle until it's sustainable? Or you think that it's better? Like, if you think about where you were at now, it would have been better if you just like, you know what, screw this corporate job. I'm going to jump all in and you would have done it either way. You know, I, I it's hard to know the exact mindset that I was in, but I, I think I'm like a calculated risk type of person. And for me, it's like, could I have quit my corporate job a little sooner? Uh, yes. But at the time it was like, you know, I wasn't making much money in my corporate job, maybe like $40,000, like maybe even a little bit less than that. Um, and while I was making enough money to quit the job, it was more like I didn't have really anything else to do in my day to fill that time frame. Right. I was like, at the moment I can, I can do everything. Why would I quit my job? Even though it's maybe not my interest, I'm making a little bit, I'm making some money there. I can balance the social media. If I quit my job, like, am I going to watch Netflix in the middle of the day? Like, no, I don't want to do that. And it wasn't until I basically had realized that there was opportunities that I was missing. You know, like the times were kind of different back then. So it wasn't now people be like, well, if I had all that extra time, I would, uh, you know, take some courses and classes and learn how to maximize my profits. And I'd, you know, start drop shipping on Amazon. Like no one was doing that shit when I was, you know, it was just like, I had one side hustle thing, which wasn't called a side hustle then. And it was like making me some money. Um, but it wasn't until I was like, Hey, I only have, I don't know how many days of like time off that I have, but I'm like, I'm going to use these on these expos. And then there's this other trip that I want to go to, but I'm not gonna be able to take time off. And, you know, it started impeding on my ability to do things that were going to grow what I really wanted to do. So not only was I financially stable enough that I tracked for a year, I, I then was missing out on opportunities. So at that point, it made sense to quit. I, I think it's, uh, I think nowadays a lot of people are, I think being an entrepreneur is, you know, an exciting thing that the big risk, big reward. But I think a lot of people think that you have to be an entrepreneur as soon as possible and own your own business or else you're, you know, going to be looked at as like behind everyone else. Because if you if you work for anyone else, you're not as great as someone who, you know, is working for themselves. And I don't really agree with that. Um, but as far as like when the right time is, you'll know. And, and it's only when you know, you're going to get a lot of influence from other people of what you should do, what you shouldn't do. But I think if you can track your finances and you're missing out on opportunities that you know how you can fill the time of the thing you're doing, what, what, what you'll fill your time with, 
then the writing's on the wall and you can always go back to a job. So uh, I've seen folks who have become YouTubers be like, oh man, I was just in the right place at the right time. It was luck. And then I've seen people like Mr. Beast who are like, there's absolutely a science and strategy behind of winning in YouTube. And it's actually really easy if you just understood it. So he he's always like, you know, A-B testing things and like focusing on the specific content and like the way that they script their videos. They spend like millions of dollars on videos because they know that it's going to work. Do you think that you're like a science and strategy kind of guy where you Hell understand no. how YouTube works? Absolutely. Or was it like right place, right time? And you were just extremely lucky. Yeah, bro. I, you know, it's like, I, I use the like back in my day, back when anything, but like social media wasn't, it, it wasn't like it is now. It, it just wasn't. I got in early in the fitness game when there was a need for a skinny dude who could lift a lot of weight, you know, um, and that where I filled that void and there wasn't a lot. So absolutely was right time, right place. Really cool guy as the, the, the topping on top of it. But um, I, I, I understand the aspect of getting into social media now and trying to be really analytical about it and, you know, trying to maximize it. But I think if you're doing that, you're looking at it as strictly a business. And for me, I look at YouTube as an outlet for entertainment and like therapy for me and just like re relaxation and stuff and, and an enjoyment. And if I started really trying to analyze for the best maximum growth, I feel like that just takes away like the fun for it for me. And, um, but I will absolutely, you know, I don't downplay the hard work and the amount of effort. You know, I think I'm one of the most consistent YouTubers in my in my space that's been doing it for you know the longest time without really taking a break and you know only increasing on the quality um but it, I just uh I do it because I really really enjoy it and I I will you know attribute a lot of my success where I'm at now to being in the right place you know if I'd never met the people that I met because I'd never went to an expo and didn't become friends with them would I be where I'm at now would I be in Texas I have no idea um, I think life kind of like plays out how it's supposed to, you seize opportunities when they're there, but I never like went looking for the most optimal way to grow my channel. Like ever. I never did that. Pulling data lists like vacant houses, mortgage foreclosures, and tax delinquent properties is important to direct to seller marketing. Batch leads is the main platform where we store our sellers data and skip trace owners for their phone numbers, emails, and addresses. On other platforms, you end up having to pay twice for the same contact if you've already skip traced it. My favorite thing about batch leads is that if you skip traced a contact once, you never have to pay for that contact again. Batch leads has SMS texting campaigns, direct mail marketing, and driving for dollars app integrated in a simple to use interface. Click the link below and try batch leads today. It's interesting. This kind of ties back into the other question I wanted to ask you about quitting your job. It's kind of funny that like uh, whenever you're quitting your job, it sounded like that was a more of a calculated uh, decision, which is kind of how I went about it. You know, it's more calculated. Um, all right. Hey, you know, obviously the income's going down over here. The income's going up over here. Obviously, it makes sense. But then whenever you talk about your YouTube, it sounds like it was more like, you know, that was a little bit more emotional where it's like, hey, as long as I'm consistent, I'm just going to continue to do this. I'm not going to, you know, necessarily strategize the most. What I want to know that a lot of people always are, I think going through is what emotions did you go through in order to quit your job? Like, were you scared? Did you have fear? Did you like, did you still feel that even though all the numbers made sense and how did you actually get yourself to like, all right, 
I'm going to make the decision to leave. I mean, bro, I, I still get stressed out and worried about, uh, you know, big commitments. I'm going through, like, at the end of the day, I have to make a decision if I'm getting this new warehouse, you know, later today. And you would look at it on a spreadsheet and be like, Max, you're freaking crushing it with sour strips. This is a blimp on the radar in terms of your cost. Why are you concerned about the cost associated with this warehouse? Just do whatever you need to grow. But I'm still like, damn, eh, but it's a, it's a commitment. Um, I have commitment issues. Not anymore with my girlfriend, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I used to. Um, I, th there was a lot of emotions, uh, that going through, I mean, I, I can, I can remember leading up to the day that I actually, so like I said, I worked, uh, in a remote office that like, you know, so my boss was back like three hours South where I went to college. And I remember the, the days and the weeks leading up to like the, the decision to quit. I, I remember just staring at my phone cause I would have to call my boss. Right. And every day I was like, all right, today's the day, Max. Like, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, call them, pick up the phone. Like, you have a meeting today, like with them, just bring it up during the meeting. And it's bring it, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. I was just so nervous. Um, and again, it's like, am I making the right decision? Am I, you know, you know, I had people like, you know, my buddy Christian Guzman who was saying like a year ago before that, like, quit, 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 quit. But I'm like, no, I'm not like you, bro. Like, no, it, and for me, it was, I thought the relatability of me working a corporate job, I thought that would negatively impact my YouTube channel if I quit because then I'm like, I'm no longer relatable. I'm no longer the guy that's doing the same job like you guys are that's also doing this stuff on the side. Um, luckily, there were some opportunities that came up with some friends uh, that I ended up opening a gym called District Barbell, which was uh, it, 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 it was like serendipitous that like, I, I met these guys and we wanted to open this gym and we timed it out. So like, as soon as I quit, we were able to like sign the lease on this building. So my time was immediately filled with building this gym. So I never really had time to think about, you know, it wasn't like I quit my job and the next day I was just sitting in my house and you know, at 10 AM it was like, oh, let's go to the warehouse and start installing stall mats, you know. So I, I stayed busy, and I think that's what I was able to take, you know, take my my mind off of it. And th there was definitely like a lot of a lot of dread of is this the right decision? But I think you don't know till you know. And for me, when I called my boss to tell him that I was quitting, you know, I didn't know what to expect, right? I I don't know how he's going to take it, and he was really really supportive of it. Was like. Yeah, I completely understand. I thought you would have done this like earlier. If I was in your shoes, I was young. Like I would do the exact same thing. Like wish you the best of luck. If it doesn't work out, you know, um, there's always a job waiting for you back here. And so that was a sigh of relief as well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who still gets nervous on making any sort of big decision for sure. I get I get stressed when I have to decide what to get at the grocery store, man. <laughs> so we we've built our company over like the last five years and we've seen it scale exponentially. So we were, we always go through some growing pains around this time of year because everybody's ready to sell their house in the spring and in the summer. We have yeah. so much inventory right now. We're up to the point where we have about eight employees. We netted about $2 million last year. Our you know expenses, overhead, things like that keep going up as we keep scaling the company. Um, we like to kind of know other people's numbers. What are your what do your companies look like? Like how many employees do you have? Do you have virtual assistants that are helping you with editing with YouTube and that sort of thing? Like your main company structures, how much business are you doing? How many employees do you have? What does it look like now compared to what it used to look like? I mean, it used to look like kind of abysmal. Um, I mean, my main, fo my main focus is at the moment, uh, my clothing company ever forward is 
um, really a hundred percent run by me. I have some people who, uh, help design with it in Canada, but at the moment with the, with the growth of sour strips, um, it's kind of had to take a little back seat for now, but, uh, we have some exciting things coming, but the main focuses are my social media, YouTube and, uh, sour strips. And with YouTube, I, it's 100% me. Um, it's, uh, you know, I had a videographer, but even when he was working for me, he would just help with random one-off videos or like if I needed to travel somewhere and I wanted to, you know, I needed to interact and do something. I wanted someone to help me film, you know, cause I couldn't film, but I'd say out of the 1400 YouTube videos I've, up, I've uploaded, I have filmed and edited 95% of them. Um, right. so yeah, to this, to this day, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do all that. I edit all, I edit and film my own videos. Um, any brand deals I'm doing, I'm the one that they're emailing. I'm the one that they're negotiating with. I'm the one lining up those deals. I'm the one handling the deliverables. Um, so I do everything social media related to me. I do all of it. I don't have anyone. Um, I, I don't have an assistant. I don't have um, any virtual people that help me with schedules. I don't, I don't have a schedule. I don't block out my time throughout my day i don't have like like each day i wake up i'm like all right what the fuck am i supposed to do today like um and then i i get sidetracked and i'll start one thing and then end up doing throughout the day end up doing nothing related to the thing i thought i was going to do and so i'm all over the place um there's that and then so sour strips which is the actual you know the business uh that brings in the most revenue that has the most you know overhead uh we have about five yeah, at the moment we have like about about five full time salaried employees, and then we'll have anywhere from I don't know like seven to twelve uh, full time hourly warehouse workers. Um, but a lot of them will probably over the next you know six months or so probably elevate to full time salary roles as well. Just because with sour strips, all of the you know we're kind of figuring out how to grow the business, what roles are needed. Um, so people are evolving into roles. Everyone that works for me has started by packing orders for me. So no one has come from previous experiences. No one has come from previous CPG businesses. So every day we're figuring out the best optimization. Um, and yeah, I mean, I outsource a couple things. So I'll source like our Facebook ads. I don't, I don't do those. So that's like a third-party agency. I'm starting to outsource uh, some of our content creation for like the feed photos, we'll just get a bunch of photographers like in different areas to, to, you know, pay them a couple hundred bucks a photo and have them shoot it. Cause it's just like, you know, then we can stockpile footage. So yeah, we, we run a really lean team and, um, I still do a lot of hands-on things. I can't decide if I'm a YouTuber who moonlights running a candy company or a candy company owner who moonlights being a YouTuber. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Are you are you excited for some of the artificial intelligence type video uh, editing software? I just saw some of it like in, you know, 20 seconds or so, like just cut all of the clips. Yeah, I, I used one this morning. Yeah. So I, I also run a podcast and I uh, I I film I I produce the entire show as well. So I'm editing the podcast. I, I do all that. Um, and yeah, the, the AI autopod tools actually really, really, uh, really helpful. And I think, yeah, I think the future of, of AI and, and that is, you know, 
it, some people are against it. And actually I film a podcast with uh, my buddy Joe and David, and we go pretty in depth where they think like technology needs to almost be capped because it's going to start limiting people's jobs. And I'm more on the, not, not that I want the robots to take our jobs, but I'm more of, I think this is what the future looks like. And you need to either adapt or you're going to die. Like you're either going to, Oh, your skill sets is one thing. And you're going to cry that a computer's taking your job. It's like, Welcome to life. Figure out something else to do. Like, that's what I would do. Like, I'm not going to sit here and whine about it. Um, so I, I definitely think that there is a lot of jobs, but it also shows that you need to have your hand in different pots. You need to have different skill sets. You need to, you can't rely on one thing for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, it's again, if you, if you hate the whole technology and advancing, go live in the woods. That's, that's my, that's my new comeback is like, if you hate, you hate it here, you hate, What's going on? Get out, go live somewhere else then. I don't know. Gary V had a really good point about that. He was just like, I think AI is actually going to make us able to have better connections with each other, like be more human because it's going to automate all of the processes that otherwise we would spend multiple hours on. Like imagine that you didn't have to edit your videos anymore. How much more likely are you to connect with other humans because of that? Like you're going to, you're going to save 20 hours a week, right? Don't you spend like 10 20 no. hours editing your oh stuff. hell hell no dude i'm a wizard at editing i can edit so fast <laughs> uh, and i i see i like editing i don't know if i'd use a program to if you could just drop all my footage and there's no way a computer could put the correct timing of my dumbass jokes on there but um no it's for for me it's like certain things i like out so i like you know automating a lot of mundane tasks that are just like busy work stuff um, but I think the creativity and stuff's always going to be there. And I think there's always gonna be needing human elements and it's just, it's just going to only evolve and make everything better. So the thing that you had to do is no longer something you have to do. AI is going to take over for you. Now you need to move your creative level up to the next tier of things. And when something else can do that, you elevate yourself up to the next tier of creativeness. So I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And as a business owner, it's going to be even, it's going to be great if I can keep my overhead down and, you know, I no longer need, you know, certain employees for that, but I'll always need certain employees for other things. So it's like, you know, how can you adapt your skills, you know, and, uh, you know, if you, if you, you spent your whole life being like, I'm a, I'm going to be a podcast editor and now Autopod has eliminated that, you know, whine about it or learn a new skill set. You know, it's like, I, what do you want to do? Like, like you only have two options, <laughs> you know? Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We show you where to find the money, how to find the deals, and how to negotiate the deals. We go over live sales calls, including negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's a video that we didn't make that you want, We'll make it for you. This knowledge has made us well over a million dollars and it's available right now for $9.97. Click the link below, buy the course. Yeah, it's funny because I, I remember uh, listening to Elon Musk talk about basically the exact opposite where everything's gonna be deflationary where robots are basically gonna take over almost everything. Everything's gonna go down in price because it's gonna be so automated. And then humans, instead of like having more connection, they're actually gonna have a less self-worth because they can't figure out what the heck their value is if their job is there. Like, you know, a lot of our jobs are obviously physical labor. Robots are gonna take that over. But I like your way of thinking. It's very interesting. I feel like we think a lot alike. 
Um, or it's more like, dude, just figure it out. Like if, if that's all taken care of, all right, what can I do that's still productive? What can I do that is still going to provide value? That's, that's something that robots can't do. Um, and, and then, yeah, just figure it out. Otherwise, if not, then I guess go live your life and have a good time and figure out the meaning of life. A thousand percent, man. It's, it's, it's the same kind of like people play the victim mentality. I, my comeback to anything is always like, do you think you're the first person and only person that's going through this? Probably not. So it's like, what do you think they've just given up? And it's same kind of thing. If, I mean, unless everyone in the world's jobs got taken away tomorrow and it happens to everyone, it's happening to someone else. And are, are they just sitting around pouting and whining about it? Or are they doing something about it? And they're going to go take the job that you should be working on your skill set to go get, you know, it's like, it's just, it's the way, it's a way of thinking, man. And it's like, you can be pissed at, uh, you, you'd be pissed at the world evolving, but it's, it's going to continue to evolve whether you're upset or not. Yep. I love it. I want to talk about, uh, you talk about the candy, uh, you know, your candy, um, factory or the strips. Then you got your uh, um, fitness business that you said you actually own a gym and stuff. Do you feel like any sort of like conflict at all internally about that? Like, man, I'm making candy. One, do you eat candy? And then two, do you feel any conflict about like, all right, I'm really into fitness, but then candy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have been a candy fanatic, obsessive person my entire life. Like ever since I was, a I was like 10. And uh, I mean, if you were to go back, across the 10 years of my YouTube videos and click on 10 videos per year, I would say there's a good chance that at least one of those videos, I'm eating sour candy in those videos, talking about it. Um, candy couldn't have been more in line with who I am when I used to, you know, before COVID and there's like, you know, expos I'd go to multiple times a year and I'd have hundreds of people lined up for hours to chat with me, take a photo I mean, I can, you can go back and look at these expo recap videos and in the videos, look behind me on the floor. Like everyone do this after the podcast. Didn't think I'm lying. Look behind me. And when I'm, you, you see the montage of people talking to me, what do you see against the backdrop on the floor is a pile of sour candy. Cause people would bring me sour candy to this thing. It, it just like, I was the can I'm the candy guy. Like I've, I just like, just like as much as a, people probably associate frozen margaritas with me now it's the same kind of thing with candy. And, uh, so it fit really well with, with who I am. And then the fitness thing, you know, it's like, I, I love it. I think it's the most unique space that a candy company has ever launched. And I think it also is surprisingly the best industry that I could have ever launched it. Because I think if you can show that people who are health conscious into fitness, whatever, are enjoying it, can enjoy it, can show that you can eat something like that and it not ruin your diet, ruin your goals, um, you know, that you can still balance it with your life, then maybe it shows the average person that, you know, hey, I don't need to be afraid to, you know, eat anything besides chicken and broccoli or else I'm going to, you know, be fat. Yeah, there's there's health aspects and it's all about balance and, you know, um, you know, quantities you're eating, but you know, with the fitness world, People love, I mean, if you take like one serving of sour strips, which is only like 23 carb, you take four strips, you eat it before your workout, you're going to have a sick pump. Like you're going to have, it's going to rush to your, to your muscles. It's going to, you know, it, you know, spike your insulin, you know, mid-workout having like, you know, mid-workout uh, carb, not only is it a, just an excuse to eat candy, but it's going to give you that really quick burst of energy. And it's, uh, it's something that's been adopted and it's actually crazy to think that how many gyms are carrying sour strips i mean shit you know in what world do you think someone started a candy company that has that has no uh fitness components to the candy 
like we got picked up by corporate, the corporate chain of gold's gyms. Like, could you imagine 10 years ago? You like, you think gold's gym is ever going to sell just regular candy in here? No. And, and we are, and, you know, we sell in so many gyms, we sell in so many nutrition stores and, uh, it, it wasn't like this strategy of like, okay, we're going to launch. I'm going to make sure I hit on the, the, the key, the key metrics of, you know, sugar spiking and insulin and, and, and fitness. It was just like, I'm into fitness. I'm into candy. Here's my new business. Holy shit. It worked. <laughs> I'm that, you know, that, that's how it unfolded. That's awesome. I was just talking to Jimmy about that yesterday. He was a friend of ours. He's a doctor of occupational therapy, but I got, I was playing ultimate Frisbee. I got real shaky and I was like, dude, I should have ate. And Tony told me about gummy bears and how gummy bears does exactly what you're talking about. And I was like, dude, I, I didn't believe him back then. Honestly, it was back when we were in high school. And then now I'm like, all right, I guess it is true. Yeah, I think it was just dex dextrose specifically, like a quad. Yeah, I mean, you don't get super scientific. It's just sugar. I mean, people do, you could do it with anything. That's why, you know, athletes will, you know, not only for the, um, you know, the uh, hydration aspects of it, but people drink Gatorade. Notice they don't drink the zero calorie Gatorade. With zero calorie Gatorade, you're getting the same electrolyte boost, but you want the carbohydrates. You want the sugar. You want that, right? It doesn't have to be candy. It could be just a, a sugar spike. Um, and it's, uh, but it's, it, it is a great way. Like if you eat a couple sour strips before you, like 10 minutes before you work out, Right when you start working out, your veins will be popping. You're going to feel a little full because that sugar is just being digested and, and your insulin spiking and it's going through your body. And it's like you're it's it's quick energy and it just works. That's and that absolutely is never maybe like we've made like one or two TikToks in the past like year about it, but it has never been a selling point for sour strips. It has never been like an angle we've leaned into. It just happens that. Because I, because me and my network is so heavily in the fitness network that all the fitness people just eat it, but that was never like some super secret, super big brain strategy. Well, you got me convinced. <laughs> <laughs> and it's delicious, man. So I was thinking about sour candy and going back to like my days when I was like nine, 10 years old, I used to race go-karts. I remember okay. trying a warhead for the first time. And I thought maybe it was poisoned as a kid because my mom was always like, be careful with wrappers. You never know what like some adult may have done to your candy kind of thing. So I tried a warhead and I was like, holy crap, this is intense. And I feel like those had a nostalgia for like the next five years or so. They would even leave like a, they kind of destroy part of your tongue if you like consistent. I actually ate like two bags of, I kind of went overboard last night, ate like two bags of sour strips and I... I have like a <laughs> blister on the tip of my tongue from the, the, the acid just fucking up my mouth, bro. What was your introduction to sour candy? What was your first, like, if you go back nostalgia wise, what was the very first one where you're like, wow, this is, this is uh, it. I, I think, I don't know if it was like this. I think I love the sour aspects of a lot of tart candy, but it wasn't that like I was a, addicted to sour super early on. I remember eating a ton of, uh, when I go to my brother's baseball games or my dad owned a, uh, a coffee shop and next door to it is a seven 11. And I remember always going into there and getting, um, like, uh, like, like fun dip. And I'd get like, like the, just your traditional sweet tarts, like in the little tube. And, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not sour candy, but it's very tart. Right. Um, it has sour aspects to it. So I just started loving that, like that bite and that, that, uh, that sourness. And then, you know, it was, the sour gummy worms. It was all these other things. And, um, I've, uh, I've, I've just always been a sour candy guy. You know, I could find a photo of 
when I went to college, my mom got me, you know, this like, Hey, you're moving downtown. Here's like a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like ramen noodles and like waters and like all this stuff. But in the giant pack was a, was a Sam's club size case of like sour punch straws, sour blue raspberry straws. Like I have the photo on my Facebook. Um, it's like, I, I was, I loved candy. I loved sour candy. And like, it's, it's just been like, even to this day as a 33 year old, if I see a mound of candy, like I want to eat all of it. I, I can't control myself. I, I love, it's not like I eat anything, any less of it than I used to. I eat just as much candy now. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So something that's kind of popular now that I've, I've just recently seen these uh, shorts pop up on YouTube and that sort of thing is folks talking about how we have a lot more phytoestrogens in our food from things like, uh, you know, soy. A lot of our products come from soy, even in our water supply and stuff. There's like uh, remnants of like some of the birth control that they now that birth control is a lot more mainstream. And so it's like a lot of men because of a lot of different factors, environmental and otherwise, have significantly less testosterone. Do you do anything consistently? Like uh, I started taking Genius Test and then 10X Health recommended peptides. So peptides have been something that I started supplementing with regularly. Is there anything that you take consistently to regulate or boost your testosterone? Uh, TRT. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, if anything, I'm glad some birth controls in some of the foods I eat. So now I don't have to worry about getting pregnant. And <laughs> I no, I mean, I, I'm pretty lax with my, uh, diet and everything. Um, I mean, some key components that I always take are, you know, I'm a big, big advocate of taking greens in the morning, like a mixture. I use, I use, you know, I work with ghost, but I think they make some great greens that taste really good. Usually they taste like ass, but I get like the lime ones are great, but I make greens for my girlfriend and her and uh, myself every day. You know, I'm drinking a gallon of water every day. Um, but uh, other than those things, you know, I make sure that I'm with my meals. I mean, I'm getting vegetables, um, you know, eating whole foods throughout, but I definitely do. I am not the poster child for a proper diet. Like I am absolutely Never would I claim that. Um, but no, I don't take any. I mean, the, the most extreme thing I take is like fish oil and a multivitamin and creatine. Uh, but other than that, it's. Yeah, no, I don't I don't do any sort of additional supplementation like it. So I want to go back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, You're talking about consistency. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with consistency. So I was just curious, yeah. do you think you're born with that? Um, or do you think that, you know, you've created some tactics and some different ways? Cause the interesting thing that I thought about with you is obviously you're very consistent. Otherwise you wouldn't be where you're at, you know, whether it's fitness or whether it's any of these companies or where you're at with your YouTube, it wouldn't be possible without consistency. But the other interesting thing is usually with consistency comes like, you know, schedule and like, all right, Hey, I'm going to have this thing all mailed out, which sounds to me like you're more lax on you. Like, oh, I'm just going to do it as it comes up. So what are some tips that you have for people to get more consistent? Or again, do you think you're just born with it and it just is what it is? And um, yeah. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before. And honestly, we've tried several different CRMs and RE Simply has been the absolute best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records incoming phone calls. The system is very easy to use, and honestly, it has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today.
Click the link in the description below. Check it out now. I mean, I think when you enjoy doing something, you want to do it all the time. So I really like making content, but I, to this day, I am probably one of the worst procrastinators. And I've always been that, you know, even back in high school, college, if I had four weeks to write a paper, the day before is when I'm going to start that paper. Um, and, you know, and then I'll get really stressed that I only have so much time. But even to this day, like there's a lot of things with the business that I'm just like, look, when do I need to have it done? Okay, I'll get it done by that time. It may be the an hour before, but I'm like, I'm going to get it done. And it's going to be the same quality as if I did it four days beforehand, you know? Um, and yeah, I also think what's great about consistency is I, I have kind of this fear of if I don't be consistent, everything's going to crumble down. So it's like, if I take a break from YouTube, everyone's going to forget about me. If I stop doing this one thing, every, the whole business is going to crumble. So I think once I start something that's working, I'm like, I don't want to let up. I just want to keep being consistent um, and, you know, keep showing up. And I think, I don't, I think probably people are maybe born with more tendencies, but I think it's something you can absolutely uh, incorporate more of in your life. It's just about maybe you do need scheduling at that point to be consistent and block out your day. But I, uh, it's funny if you talk to my brother, he's like the complete opposite where he's, he blocks out like when he eats lunch, when he goes on a walk and all that shit. And I'm just like, no, not me. Like <laughs> I, I just, I've, I, I, it's like, it's like structure. I call it like structured chaos in my head. Like I just generally know, and I forget a lot of things and I screw up a lot, but it's just, I've, I've tried. I, 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 I even keep buying these like whiteboards every time I go to a new office and I'm like, all right, I'm going to write out each day, my main three tasks I need to get done. I do it one day and the next day I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to sit down on my computer and then I'll start a task. And then I'll be like, man, eh, is anyone posting anything on YouTube? Oh, look at that. Let me spend like three minutes looking at this. Okay. All right. Let me go back to this. Actually, I'm going to start designing a, a wrapper over here. All right. Oh, let me like listen to some music. Oh, I'm going to go get a sandwich. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, bro. It works. <laughs> it, it works. It's gotten me this far. Not to say it's going to continue to get me Max. even further, but it's, uh, it's where we're at right now. Max's three keys to success. Forget, procrastinate, and stay scared. <laughs> That's I it. Say, I, I want to actually ask you about that. Are you, because I was thinking like, honestly, I'm in a kind of similar boat. Like I'm getting more scheduled, like having to force myself. Cause like we're in a very similar spot where like we got like $4.6 million worth of real estate that we got to figure out how to purchase in the next 30 days. And we've already got maxed out on like private money lenders and all that stuff. We've been putting ourselves in the spot to where it's like, all right, now I'm stressed out as crap because I don't have it figured out, but we kind of like chose to be here too. If I had it all figured out beforehand, we probably wouldn't have got to where we were. But at the same time, what I found is I'm not then able to turn it off in order to still live my life. I cannot live until that thing's done. Until that problem is solved, I'm just stressed out of my mind. I'm going to figure it out because I always do. But then it takes away from my quality of life when I'm talking to you know my girlfriend or whenever I'm with my family or anything. They're like, yeah, you know, like they're talking about freaking little things in my opinion. And I'm like, I got to figure this out before I can even talk to you. I mean, I, I think as a business owner, you'll never be able to like disconnect your brain. And, um, it is important to be present when you're with people, but it's still almost impossible to not be like thinking about the stresses or the, the, you know, whatever with your business. But, um, I, you know, what I try to show on my YouTube channel, not how like dumb I can be and still be successful, but it's more of like, guys, you don't have to be this 
super structured person. Not everyone that starts a business that's successful is like knows exactly what they're doing. And like, I'm truly figuring out on a daily basis and I'm making a lot of mistakes and I'm doing things I shouldn't do, but that's just, I'm showing you that the average person can do it. You don't have to be this business mogul. And I also, I also, you know, I, I procrastinate a lot. There's a lot of things that, you know, could I stay up later and knock it out today and just, you know, knock it off my list. I'm like, or, or I think I'd rather just maybe watch another episode of The Office and I'll I'll do it tomorrow. I know it, it'll be okay if it gets done tomorrow. Like, you know, and, and certain things you can do that with and certain things you can't. Um, but I'm a biggest, I'm a big component of uh, of balance in life. And, uh, you know, what I'm able, the decisions and relaxation that maybe I'm able to do now and procrastination I'm able to do now was definitely not what I was able to do to get me to this point. Um so there, there's definitely times where you got to put your head down and work and, and, and really, you know, sacrifice a lot of things. But, um, I think it's all about the ride, man. It's like, what's the point of, what's the point of what we're doing in, in life? If, if you're going to 24 seven, be focusing about business, it's like, what are you working towards? Is it towards money? You're always going to want more money. You're never going to have enough. You know, if you say you want a million dollars in your bank account, you're going to get it and be like, ah, fuck, this isn't enough, man. I need $10 million. And you get $10 million. You're like, ah, this isn't enough. I need 20 million is never gonna be enough, even though you're not buying anything more at $10 million than you would if you had a million dollars. But for some reason, you think you're not adequate enough and you need more and more and more. So it's sometimes good to breathe, take a step back, smell the roses, have yourself a couple margaritas. You know, it's like, it's and all right. <laughs> and some sour candy, specifically right. sour strips. <laughs> what What would you say that your why is? I think that's a good segue into that. What is well, your why? Wait, wait, before we get into that, though, I, I, we got to ask about ghosts before we get into the the, the last questions. We got to talk about ghosts real quick. That's very important for us. Otherwise, my entire team will get mad at us. Now, you know, I don't own ghosts, right? Bro, we drink so many ghosts. I'm not even joking. Like, uh, we got so many cases. That's and then, good. like, we probably go Love through, it. I would, yeah, I would literally say probably a case a day. And I'm not joking. Like, uh, we have multiple people do we we did the math equation on one guy i think it was luis he's drinking like 1200 freaking uh milligrams of caffeine a day and he didn't even know it he's taking oh two scoops of free work i'm like bro you're gonna die but <laughs> anyway like uh how did you get hooked up with ghost well first i want to say if you guys are ordering all that ghost you better be using code max okay code max all right i was gonna ask my, about it you see my golden doodle right there he needs he needs to be sent to college and code max with two x's Helps them get there. Uh, okay, okay. Yep. I uh, I got linked up with Ghost. Uh, I mean, so they actually just turned seven years old, like this week. Um, so they just had their seven year anniversary, and and I've been with them since day one. So, uh, I, it's their story is essentially the owners used to work at some other supplement companies. When they worked at these other supplement companies, they worked with some athletes such as like Christian Guzman and some other people. So then when they left to start their own supplement company, they already kind of had this network of individuals to be like on their team. And then last minute, because I'm friends with these people, they were like, Hey, you should really get this max guy on the squad as well. And so like last minute, I think like a month before they launched the company, they read like we got in contact via Snapchat actually. And, uh, reached out to me and, and, um, you know, signed me and that was the first day of a of an amazing partnership and it's it's a company that uh, it's been crazy to see not only the growth of them but you know I'm very close with the owners I'm actually going to one of their weddings in like 2 months in Napa Valley and you know so that that shows you like how tight I am with the owners here and it's uh 
it's been a really wild ride and they motivate me and inspire me a lot because I think they've truly you know not only changed the game in terms of in terms of what they're doing with all the brands they're working with but they go to show you that you know industries can change and you know, for the longest time, most most supplement companies were focused around the crazy big bodybuilders, this bodybuilding lifestyle. You couldn't balance. And Ghost is like, what if we make a brand for the people that, you know, don't want to be 200 pounds of rock solid muscle who want to, you know, go out on the weekend, you know, have a couple drinks or something, do have pizza. And what if we just make the branding cool as fuck? Like, you know, like, what if we do that? What if we make a cool brand? That people wanna wanna take photos with, that wanna that looks cool in your car, that looks like the packaging is colorful and it looks cool on your counter. You don't want to put it in a cabinet. You want to keep it on the counter. Like some people be like, that's stupid. That, that who cares about that? Ghost prime example that people do care about that. And um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a wild ride, man. And uh, I'm super proud of those guys. And especially with the energy drink that has just been rocket shipping uh, into success. Whereas they're essentially an energy drink company that has supplements now rather than a supplement company who has energy drinks. So uh, it's been cool. Yeah, it tastes so good. So we're all about deals because obviously we're in real estate. Right. Can you hook us up with anything else other than the code max? <laughs> I wish I wish I could. The only thing, the only, the only secret snippet I'll, I'll give you is that on, um on, so I've done a lot of collaborations with them of uh, custom products like max collabs. And uh, this year on September 9th, which is my 34th birthday, and it will be Sour Strip's fourth birthday, I can give you a little teaser that there is a collab coming. Can't say what the collab is, but it's coming on September 9th. And um, you can make your own guesses as to maybe what it could be, but it's going to be something that people uh, have been, are going to be so excited for it's four products one of which it is an energy drink it will be nationwide in a couple stores and uh it will be it will be everyone's new favorite i promise you that it will be everyone's new favorite better than this one dude they're better not only better than cherry limeade better than the strabango margarita collab Ooh. that we did that sold out so fast the energy drink that which um, people have been screaming at me to try to get that one back because it's so good. But uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited for it. It's gonna be huge for everyone involved, and I I can't wait to uh to share it with the world. Dude, that's exciting. That's awesome. I got to tell you a really funny story. Have you ever heard of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming? Nope. Okay, so it's like some stuff that like Tony Robbins does, and like uh, it's basically like you know just I don't know. Tony could explain it better, but basically. I went to one of these things. It was basically like uh, they had somebody come up and they had them not like whatever they liked a lot. So this lady loved Coca-Cola. They basically had her to the point where she was like, I love it so much. They did this thing for like, you know, you imagine something in your mind, you change it, do all this stuff. She ended up not liking it, not not even just not liking it to the point where she was about to vomit because of it. Sounds and like I was bullshit. Like, yeah, I was like, this is bull crap. <laughs> I was like, there's no freaking way. I was like, that's a that's a planted person. Yeah. And they just, that's bull crap. I freaking did it with one of the ghosts with, uh, I used to drink, um, the, uh, sour patch, the red one. Mm -hmm. I did it. And I haven't had one since because I associate it with that stuff and it actually freaking worked. And now I'm kind of mad that I did it. <laughs> don't, like, don't ever do that with sour strips. Okay. Just keep okay. eating sour strips. <laughs> yeah, I keep eating it. Strips, but dude, I did it with that. I literally have had one since I was like a year ago. I'm like, dude, it, that's some crazy stuff, but. Can, anyway, can you order the energy drinks on the website? I'm going to ghost, ghostlifestyle.com, right? No, you, you can't. So a 
uh, they used to. And when we do the, when we launched our collab Strabango Margarita um, last year, and when we launched the new one, you will be able to order the energy drinks at that time. Um, something that people will learn is creating any business is difficult, but getting into the beverage space is a a whole beast because shipping the no company has ever found a way to really explode in the D to C drink market, right? Um, because it's so expensive to ship these things. I mean, these are, you know, 16 ounces. So a 12 pack is 12 pounds. It's expensive to ship 12 pounds. The, the chances of them bursting in the mail are very high. Um, and no one wants to like get an energy drink, then put it in their fridge so they can enjoy it hours later. They want to pick it up as cold. Um, so no, at the moment, I know that they go back and forth on sometimes availability, but for now, uh, I mean, they're they're in like 40,000 doors. So they're in a ton of locations and they just got into Target with some stuff. And um, yeah, they're expanding like crazy. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the stores near you are going to have it and a lot of the major retailers, but uh, but yeah. Max, what is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? My biggest failure? Uh, oh, um, I invested in a... I invested $60,000 into a CBD water company with a couple of other uh, entrepreneurs. This was at the... Uh, the time period of the hype of CBD, you know, I, we were like, Oh, this is the, this is the future. People are going to really want the CBD. We're going to be the first in the CBD kind of water industry. Um, you know, we, we got the, we got the branding, we got the samples, we got the full production, everything. And it just never took off. And I, I ended up getting a check back for $9,000. So I lost $50,000 and, a you know, a whole bunch of my time. So, uh, that was, that was my biggest failure of something that, you know, I was, I, it was just like a, seems like a good idea. Here's some money. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. I now I have none of that money anymore. <laughs> what do you, what do you learn? No one wants CBD water. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I, I think, you know, not only that, I joke of uh, maybe, maybe sometimes things can be too good to be true that it's just like, Hey dude, if you invest in this, like it's going to be a crazy return. It's going to be so much money. And in hindsight, I wish I, you know, obviously I didn't know if it's going to be a failure or not, but it's like, you know, I just need to, I need to do things that I love to do and I'm passionate about rather than just chucking money into things that people tell me that I should put my money into. Um, I'm, I'm very much, a, I don't invest into a lot of different things. I, I know you guys are like heavy into real estate. It's something that I, um, might start dabbling with, uh, um, with one of my buddies and his dad, they do kind of a similar house flip. I don't know your guys' business, but like kind of a house flip, build them and, and sell them kind of thing. But um, for me, I, I'm i not someone who really just in, I love making money. Trust me, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, tell you I love, don't love it. But I really love making money off of things that I enjoy doing, not just what is the what are the most amount of things I can do to make money. Um, I like to be, have pride in what I'm doing have pride in the money that I'm making, um, feel good about the money that I'm making. And um, so that's important to me. Do I leave a lot of money on the table because of that's the way I am? Absolutely. Um, I could have sold my soul a long time ago on YouTube to a lot of brand deals that, you know, just wouldn't have felt right. Or, um, 
or a lot of business opportunities that would have been fast cash that my heart wasn't in. I would just be doing it to make some quick money. Um, and uh, it's just not not really who I am. So I think that also taught me a lesson of, you know, just because it's just because it sounds good doesn't mean it's the right opportunity for you. I did the same thing actually with a uh, Amazon e-commerce store. So uh, mm. Ryan Pineda, I don't know if you ever heard of him, um, but he's our yes, he's our, yeah, he's our coach uh, for flipping and stuff. And we got into his program. Wait, he's the, he's the guy with like the white hair. The this is he the real estate guy? Color. Yeah, he colors it all the time. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so he's like, uh, we're in his program and his coaching program, and he's honestly who helped us build our business into what it is today. And, uh, and then he's like, yeah, I got this e-commerce store that I just started off this business. And then he's like, it's 25,000. And, uh, yeah, I think you should get into it. I'm like, all right, whatever I'll do it. And then it freaking failed horribly. <laughs> but well, I, th I think people think that it's like, if, if something seems too good to be true and it seems like it's such easy money to make, it's, it's probably too good to be true. Um, and, and it's like, you know, I gotta be things I'm passionate about. I, I use an analogy or not an analogy. I use a story one time on a podcast where I had a buddy that was like, telling me that I should get into like Amazon drop shipping. Um, and I was like, all right, like, like, tell me more about it. And he's like, yeah, I sell, uh, he's like, he was buying like a Lambo and shit. He's like making all this money. I'm like, what do you, what do you sell, man? He's like, um, these like plastic shower caddies to like put your shampoo on. Like I, I order them on, am on off online. I figure out what products are the most popular. And then I order them on, you know, from China and, you know, and, and just, I don't even touch the product. I'm like, you're passionate about like, plastic shower caddies and stuff he's like no i don't give a fuck like i'm just like i'm like bro how do you get excited how are you like i mean, I guess you take pride and look at like look at the money that i have but i'm like how do you like i want to be able to talk about my business and sound excited about what i'm doing not be like yeah dude i sell these coat hangers on amazon it's sick like but if you're passionate about coat hangers or the challenge is in the business but again it's just different strokes for different folks you know yeah. One thing I do want to say, lastly, is that Ryan did at least take care of us. Um, and then he basically like gave you all this other free stuff. He's like, oh, you can get in this program. You can do this. You can go golfing with him. And he yeah. did that all for free. So he at least made it right anyway. But And I still, I made out okay. I didn't join the e-commerce store because I predicted that Amazon was going to start sniping Walmart stores. And I don't know if there's actually, if that was happening under, underneath the scenes or anything. But I got lucky with uh, some of his NFTs. I bought them when they were cheap. And I sold them when they hit the moon and I sold them at the right time because I have a, another good friend who's all about NFTs. So just by by having and, limited knowledge and trusting people, I still made money on a wave that I shouldn't have based on my limited knowledge. No one should have made money on those fucking NFTs, man. <laughs> That's like the biggest. I, I don't know, man. I, I have such interesting thoughts about all that. I, I never got into that whole NFT space. I, I never I never bought any of that shit. I've made like 17k between the Gary V NFT that I bought and then the four or the five uh, Ryan Pineda's NFT. So many people have lost their ass on the exact same <laughs> thing. I still got them all. I was like, whatever. I'm just gonna hold them. See what happens. So I'm just, still, you're on. gonna keep holding those things, bro. I, I don't know if the lights at the end of the tunnel for NFTs. <laughs> One day, maybe do something. If not, then I'll just keep. I'll just keep doing real estate. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So that's working at least for now. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, we're getting close to the end. You think I should ask him the last yeah. question? Final question here. Uh, this is a big one. This is, uh, uh, can, it can be emotional for some people. So you're at the end of your life. And, 77 years from now. Yep. At the very end of your life. Well, I think it's, I was going to say 67. You made it to a hundred. You're not, oh, not nice. hundred. You made it to a hundred. <laughs> you're on your deathbed. You have a final message to the world. 
It's specifically Max's message. It's something that you feel that the world needs to hear. It could be on a billboard in Times Square. It could be a paragraph, a mantra, a sentence, something that people will look at and be like, that was Max's message. And it is your final message to the world. It's something you think the world needs to hear. You know, I, I, I want to get cliche with it and just have like a phrase of 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 kind of like never think you're not enough. Never think that you can't do amazing things. And it's like, you know, my my entire life, I have been always in the mindset of thinking that I see the other people around me having great success in a lot of things. And I'm like, that can't happen to me. That can't happen to me. I There's no way I can be successful like that. There's no way I'll ever live that type of life. And I had this negative mindset. And uh, it's and I, I think once I shifted and realized that that you don't all the cards don't have to be on the table in the right format for you to succeed and do amazing things in your life. And comparison is a thief of joy. And if you continue to surround yourself with so many people who are um, who you think are doing better than you and you'll never equate to them, it's going to strip you of all your happiness. So, you know, my final message would just be. Do what it's, it's it sounds lame when I do this, but I feel like my my my, my actual last deathbed, I'll be like, go drink more margaritas. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> some shit like that. Like I can see myself at a hundred still saying dumb shit, but uh no nah, man, it, it's uh never stop believing in yourself and never give up. I mean, it, it sounds so cliche, but I I'm not a big motivational speaker type of guy and um, it's truly what I think. And, you know, people look at me and people, you know, for the, for the longest time kind of had their, uh, you know, negative connotation towards me in the fitness space. So look how small this guy is. He doesn't even look like he lifts. Why is he making YouTube videos? And I was like, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm gonna still keep doing this and I'm gonna still keep doing my damn thing. And, you know, look at where those probably people are now and look at where I'm at. Cause I kept sticking to it and believing in what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I think you can, I think you can do amazing things if you put your mind to it and you just work and you just commit and you know realize that money is not everything it is a, a great tool for freedom and to buy your time back but just always remember that there's more to life than just how big your bank account's getting awesome thanks man yeah, absolutely guys i love your mindset dude you got a good mindset <laughs> i try to keep it casual dude i try to keep it easy peasy you know yeah. How can our listeners get a hold of you? They want to reach out or they want more information about you or they want to buy sour strips. What do you want to plug? Uh, I just, I would love to just, just, you know, if you want to check me out, I just, I plug my YouTube channel, man. You know, come in, my name's probably in the show notes or the, the title or something. Come check out my YouTube. If you want some entertainment, you want some behind the scenes of, you know, growing a business from a guy who's just figuring out day by day. And if you if you if you get some sort of value out of that and you decide you want to maybe support or anything, you know, you'll you'll be able to find the businesses and the things that I work with. But um, I just want to entertain people. I just want to, you know, provide provide that kind of escapism for people. And I, hopefully that my YouTube uh, is that for uh, many individuals. Awesome. Any final thoughts you want to share with our viewers? That, that's it, man. Eat, you know, ever forward and eat more sour strips. <laughs> Love man. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Cool. Peace.